Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. 1800 453 106 if you want to join us here in the programme today. The HSE have recommended that pregnant women who live more than half an hour away from a hospital should no longer have the option of a home birth. And community midwives have said that this will have a huge impact on many women living in rural parts of the country. But the HSE say it's for the safety of everybody involved. So what do you think? Coco is with us on the line today because you had a home birth, Coco. Can you maybe share some of your experience with us? I've actually had four home births, actually. Okay. And I live in Wicklow and I lived up in Roundwood, which would have been one of the areas that were not allowed um, or would no longer be allowed. So it would have had a huge impact on me because I would not have got to have the beautiful births that I got to have. I also had a very um, fast labour, so I would have more than likely had my babies in the car on the way to Hollis Street, which definitely would not have been comfortable or ideal or private or safe or anything. So... You obviously had the option then um, to pick and to choose. And and was having that option to do that important to you? Oh, my God, it was massive. But, you know, it was hard because there were very few midwives and I had to, um, you know, spend a lot of energy and time. There was, you know, quite a period in my all of my pregnancies where I didn't, except for the first, actually, where I didn't have a midwife because... You know, there were no midwives in the Wicklow area catering, so they had to come from Dublin and, you know, they were getting booked up fast. So I had to, you know, spend a long time writing letters and trying to convince them to take me on and then was never sure if they were going to be able to. And so it was a very um, uneasy and stressful time during pregnancy. Talk us through, Coco, the process. Um, like Once you made up your mind, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's something you probably thought about for a long period of time, but once you decided that you wanted to go with the home birth option, where do yeah. you go or who do you contact or how, how does that process work? Okay. Well, I come from a family where over 20 babies have been born in my family, to my mom, to my aunts. So for me, I've seen it. I've been present at births. I've seen how beautiful and and, you know, how supportive they were and how it was so just natural and not disruptive. They didn't have to, you know, leave the other children um, and how supportive they were. So for me, it was just, it wasn't even something I really thought about. I knew that was what was right for me. So I had my first baby almost 20 years ago and I was 22 and I was living up in between Roundwood and Animos, quite far up and it was winter time as well. So anybody that lives up there knows the roads can be quite dangerous. But I um, had to, back then it was different. You had to apply for a grant and the midwife that had delivered several babies in my family already and, and I was very familiar with her. She actually lived in Bray, which was not far. It was about 15 minutes away from my house. So it, that was quite a, a much easier process. You kind of applied for a yeah. grant and, and got it. And then the HSC brought in, it was different. So then basically you would have to find a midwife, see if she could take you on, and then you would apply to the HSC um, you know, to tick all the safety boxes, you know, were you low risk, were you first time mother? Luckily, the first time round, I didn't have that. So I was able to have my baby at home without any of that the first time round. And so was my sister, who's also had four births 
and home birth since she was 20, I think 21 or 22 when she had her her first one at home as well. So we didn't, you know, then nowadays we probably wouldn't have been allowed to have our first one at home under the guidelines of the HSE. But um, so, yeah, and then there was the thing of getting signed off by the um, the person in the HSE that yeah. deals with your area. And, um, and so once you were, you know, given the all okay, we still had all our bloods and everything done in the hospital and if anything arrived we still had to be signed off by it. Okay. So uh, in your experience then Coco did, did you ever have a nurse from um, a maternity hospital present during the birth with you or no. an ambulance no. on standby or you, you didn't have to no. go through any of that? No I didn't. I I mean no. I mean I had very straightforward very beautiful births with my baby it was never there was not fear around it there was nothing like that I was healthy I was well actually I suffered from hypermenesis when I was pregnant so I was admitted to hospital several times and actually got put in the pre-labor ward so even though I've never had a hospital birth I really got to experience the women you know in the in the pre-labor ward going through it and the doctors coming in and prepping the ones that were going to have c-sections the ones that were going to be induced and I just thought oh my god I would hate this process it felt so mechanicalized or like do you know I don't know for me birth was such an intuitive thing and I was so I felt so safe and supported and there was no distractions or bright lights or people walking in and out that I didn't know okay like my my midwives would come and spend an hour each appointment with me and really got to know me and my family and so I felt really relaxed and safe and able to just do whatever felt right to yeah. me okay and, you know follow my body and so I had very beautiful empowering births that were very simple and um quick enough yeah, as well went well good with 45 minutes so uh, yeah I, let me bring in Shelly as well um Coco Shelly is um a, a, a doula from the Association actually of Ireland as well. Apologies, Shelley. Tell me, what do you make of these proposed changes? Um, I look. I'm also a home birth mother. Um, I birthed all three of my babies at home. So, um, from a personal and a professional perspective, um, I think that they are uncalled for. You know, I really do. I think that this is the removal of choice. Um, in a woman's right to choose where she should birth her baby. Um, and there's not great data supporting these new recommendations. Um, if we just look to the midwives, the professionals in this realm, you know, these are the experts in, in home birth. This is not something that they want either. Um, and so when you look at women are, you know, proclaiming that, you know, they are outraged. They want the right to choose. Uh, where to birth their babies, um, you know, safely. Um, home birth is a safe option for women to birth their babies, especially in healthy pregnancies. Um, it, you know, when you look at NICE guidelines, um, NICE guidelines would even say for multi-parent women, women who've given birth before, it can be safer to birth at home. Um, the, there's two recent studies, uh, international studies, that says we don't improve outcomes by putting time restrictions and um, on travel to hospital. And so I think that there maybe is this cultural belief that comes in that, you know, assumes that hospital is always the safest place for some for all women. The reality is it might not be. It's safe for some women. Um, absolutely. And I think any home birth mother, even for myself, 
you know, you evaluate risk. Um, you evaluate, you know, what is safe for you and your baby. Yeah. I don't think that there is well, any mother that casually just goes, I'm going to throw, throw caution to the wind just to have an experience and burnt my Yeah, of course. And I'm sure absolutely that's uh, that's certainly all taken account of. But it's the HSE, it's the Women and Infants Health Programme. Um, and it's that's what's rec- made, made this recommendation. And they say that it's from a clinical perspective, Shelley, that, you know, it would be safest that all women accessing the home birth service would reside within 30 minutes or less of the, I suppose, effectively, the kind of the blue light distance yeah. from the, the nearest um, maternity hospital. Like, is that not something that we need to take into consideration? Like, when you just take into a fact, I don't know how many times we've talked here in the programme, in, not in the context of home, of home birthing, but just in general, about ambulance wait times. So is yeah. it not something that should be considered? Um, look, I think that, you know, when we, when I, I'm going to revert back to the community midwives here um, uh, and in support of, you know, their outrage. These are the professionals who are also experts in this field. You know, as a community midwife who is hired by the HSC, they are trained in obstetric emergencies. They are experts in this field and they are all saying that all this is going to create is actually more lack of safety because now what we're doing is we're putting women unsupervised in these remote locations. We're now putting them onto the roads in labour without clinical supervision. If I look at my last two labours, um, my second birth at home was two hours. Um, my third was 15 minutes. Okay. You know, so like the reality is that some women will birth quicker. So I'm not sure, are, like, are they taking this into consideration what risk we're putting women travelling these long distances now without... Is there- is there a concern as well, Shelley? Because I, w- I was just reading some of the, the commentary from uh, various midwife groups and organisations about this today and, and there seemed to be some fear and perhaps you can maybe shed some light on this but a sort of a fearful element that it might encourage women or pregnant women to turn to, I suppose, free birthing, if you want to call it that or nearly given birth at home without, you know, um, the likes of likes of yourself or, or others from the doula association or other midwife support, basically without assistance. Like, is there a yeah. gen- Anyone concerned about that? Absolutely. And it's already happening. It's already happening. Um, and the reality is, um, maybe for some woman, that, that's her choice, you know, and she might feel that that is the safest option mm, for her. Okay. But the reality is, these kind of guidelines are going to force women to make these choices when maybe it isn't the right decision, you know, um, because they feel like they're between a rock and a hard place. And for some women, like myself, you know, I suffer with white coat syndrome, I get very heightened anxiety states in hostile environments. Like, we have to realise that there's risk with that. And so me going in with someone with anxiety into a hospital, um, you know, when everything is healthy and well, I might actually be bringing more complication in that kind of an environment to my hormones, prolonging labour, and ultimately creating, potentially creating more complications with the disruption of my hormones. So I think people negate that reality that, for some women, a hospital environment isn't the safest place Okay, let me bring in David as well. Um, David owns the the Lifeline Ambulance Service, and and he's joining us here too, Coco and Shelley. Um, David, can you? I know that you know you're not necessarily working in this area every single day, you know, through the HSC Ambulance Service. But can you just maybe explain to us what kind of resource um, something like this might take in terms of that thirty minute ambulance time that the HSC is now proposing? 
Yeah, thanks, uh, Andrea. I think I think. Look, obviously, I'm I'm I don't no need to know for my name, and I'm a male, so I'm not directly involved in in home births. And I think this is a very sensitive topic. It's a very and I hear you know Coco and Shelley spelled out clearly for them the importance of that, and I'm not going to get involved in in relation to the rights and wrongs of that. What what is happening at the moment, and you mentioned it, Andrea, is there's a shortage of ambulances. There's a shortage of response times. That carries with it an inherent danger to all citizens in the country. And we've heard about this for the last number of years and they haven't improved. We're about to come upon the winter. And this, in my view, is based on my experience. And, you know, I move 18,000 patients a year, uh, public and private patients, and we coordinate all the transport for all the organs and human organs around the country. So we're into this knowledge with the infrastructure that's there at the moment. And the health service is bracing itself for an enormous crisis this winter if it isn't already in crisis. And I think it's in that context for me that the concern would be around having resources. To have an ambulance available in the event of being needed means it gets taken off the road for something else. I think it's a human impossibility at the moment to make that vehicle available based on the shortages. I think it's an unfortunate. I agree with everyone's comments around choice. I think in an ideal world, the, the choice should be there and resources should be there to do that. Others would argue that the resources aren't even there for somebody who has a heart attack or a bad car crash or any other medical emergency that requires treatment at the moment. And taking a resource out of the, off the road uh, to park it in case it's needed, in case it's needed, because many of these home births are very safe, which is great, uh, just in case it's needed, causes a great difficulty in the challenge. So just explain even, how that, sorry David, sorry to cut across you for a moment, but I'm just, I'm interested in how this actually, in how it works, and, and not to be overly technical about it, but the mechanics of it, that like, if I decide, you know, I want to have a home birth, and, and Coco explained for us, I suppose, the process that she went through um, a number of years ago, but, you know, does it mean that when when you get to a certain stage in in the, um, you know, in the pregnancy, or in the birthing, in the labour, um, that an ambulance is on standby. Is that always the case? Well, I think the proposal has been that's the ideal situation to have had it. Uh, the, you know, the real technical answer to the question, Andrea, is nobody would ever know what's been made available, what's not been made available. But the, the gold standard is to have one available. Um, and, you know, I think Shelley mentioned as well, correctly so, many people run into difficulties, uh, you know, with, with pregnancies, uh, not intending even to have uh, a home delivery and need to get to hospital quickly. Those resources are not even guaranteed. So this is a resource issue that the HSE has had for some significant period of time. It's not a service we provide. We provide services to the HSE as their mm. main contract for moving patients for them uh, to release pressure off the hospital system to do that. But in relation to they have, do not have the resources to deal with all types of emergencies, not just um, labour emergencies and birth emergencies at home or anywhere else, by the way. This is like equally, Andrea, somebody at home who's a, a, you know, being treated in one of the maternity units around the country. There's no guarantee that an ambulance is available to bring them in. And this is a very big challenge for people and for, for all health, for all uh, adults and citizens in the country and children and women and men's health equally. Uh, the, you know, the consequences of not investing in an ambulance service, not managing mm. the ambulance service appropriately, leaves okay. a, a patient and the citizens vulnerable. And does that mean there's a choice then that has to be made in terms of when you're, you're looking at the resources and where they're, where they're being allocated? Yeah, and I think also everybody has to make a, you know, there's, there's, there is a choice in relation to where you make resources obviously available. You've got so many number of ambulances, emergency ambulances available each day and they're rostered around the country. And uh, obviously from the HSE National Ambulance Service, they roster those uh, vehicles day and night uh, based on uh, their own rostering for the last number of years and, and some work they've done in relation to the average, you know, uh, incidences that might occur each day, like there might be nine cardiac arrests. Core captains have a higher number of cardiac arrests per day. They are life-threatening emergencies. The challenge I see here for, for the home deliveries is if you are doing a home delivery by its nature and you want to do a home delivery by its nature and you're vested in doing it 
which is a wonderful thing for people to do and be able to do. Mm. If you need to go to hospital, that means by definition there is a problem. <laughs> You're not going uh, willy-nilly. There is a problem with, for, for mommy or for the baby. And that is a really serious set of circumstances because if you're willing to have the baby at home, want to have that child at home and should be allowed to do that, I'm just saying the resources currently for heart attacks and for stuff that arises in a normal emergency situation each day aren't available. Now, don't get me wrong, Andrea, if someone is having a home delivery and an emergency arises, they go into the system like everybody else. That doesn't mean they're excluded. That just means there's nothing set aside on a dedicated basis. No, but it does mean though then that the, like that, you know, look, you could say, make this point for any emergency that we're talking about, but I, I, in whatever way the ambulance service look at incidents and emergencies as they come in, we, you know, you're talking about diverting an ambulance though. Yeah, you are, and, and, and hoping an ambulance is available. And, and the more rural parts of the country you go to, the greater challenge and difficulty from ge- geography that exists. That's just a, that's just a statistical okay. fact. It's not a medical so fact. Is, is, that, is that a consideration then, Shelley, in all of this? Is that the point the HSE is making? Like, for me, I think there's real poor planning here going on in regards to emergency transfers because what's classified as an emergency? If we look at the HSE home birth report for, you know, the last decade, Look at the top reasons for transfer. The maternal request for analgesia, perhaps she wants an epidural, that's not an emergency. And the second is prolonged labour. That's not an emergency. And yet you have the HSC assigning an ambulance-only transfer like that's poor planning. Okay, okay. Do you like, know what? St- stay stay with us, Shelley, if you don't mind. Just stay with us because um, yourself and David um, and Coco as well because I do, I do just need to take a very short break but there's a lot of people getting in touch about this. We'll come back to it in a moment. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. You were talking about this HSE recommendation um, today about whether a woman who's pregnant, um, if they live more than 30 minutes from a hospital, that they might no longer have the option of having a home birth. And there's been a lot of reaction to this today. David, who's from Lifeline Ambulance, and um, Shelley, who's from the Doula Association of Ireland, are still with me here on the programme. But I just want to get some listeners' um, views on this too. Michael is on the line. Michael, you were listening to the uh, discussion a few moments ago. What was the contribution or what contribution did you want to make? Yes, uh, just I find this topic really hard every time it comes up because basically, had my wife opted for a home birth 40 years ago, I would be a widow at this minute. Uh, she, she had two relatively easy births. She would have been a prime candidate for a home birth and possibly we'd have chosen one. It would have been her choice. But uh, it, it, luckily it was in the hospital. Uh, after uh, being there for an hour or so, um, there was a sudden panic. I was put out of the room. She, uh, it seems that, the, as I understand it, the placenta was coming away and there was bleeding behind it. She lost a lot of blood. And, and uh, basically, if she hadn't got fluids there and then, I mean, they were working on it for a few hours. It was really touch and go. As I say, I would be a widow at this point. Okay. And that was my third child to daughter. And everything, I mean... Sorry, I find... No, of course. Take your time, Michael. Yeah, that was 40 years ago. And would 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 home birthing for your would a home birth for your, your wife, for your third child, Michael, was that something that you talked about or...? No, no. The first two births have been so so quick that I missed them. Like you know, I was 
hardly home when she had the babies. So uh, I was just anxious to be at the at the, yeah. the third birth, and, which was in the hospital. Now, as, as far as I know, it wasn't available. It wasn't discussed. Uh, even though her mother had had a number of, uh, you know, way back before yeah. that, obviously in the, the 50s, early 60s, had home birth. But presumably the HSE decided, as I as I would um, uh, agree with, mm. that they, you know, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. As I say, she had two. It's easy for me to say I wasn't having the babies, but she ha- she would say herself she had two relatively rel- relatively easy births. She would have been a prime candidate. You know, why not have it at home? It doesn't take long. And that's what happened. Okay. Your your wife was okay, Michael, in the in in the She was, yes, though, yeah. yes. She was she was in hospital for three weeks. Okay. And and thankfully the the, the daughter was okay too. Yeah. And she yeah. now has three children of her own. Right, okay. Yeah. All all born in hospital, I might add. Right, okay. So you're 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 busy so then by all accounts? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Seven grandchildren all Oh, right. Okay. Well, listen, Michael. I'm. I'm. Thank you for for getting in touch with us and and for sharing your experience um, with us here on the program. There's actually a huge response uh, to this as well. Um, Shelley, maybe just 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 on this briefly. Um, I know it's a recommendation, and I know previously actually it was it only about two weeks ago or three weeks ago there was a petition circulating um, that had generated over about thirteen hundred, I thought, signatures at the time. But is it, do we know when, if or if or when this recommendation will be implemented? Um, we're not sure right now. There seems to be um, a lot of work that's been done behind the scenes um, without consultation of, you know, the likes of the Community Midwife Association themselves. So a lot of stuff is happening behind the scenes. A lot of the stuff is just leaked um, um, without real awareness for a lot of the people who are going to be impacted, especially the self-employed community midwives. So really, I think a lot of people aren't getting the information around when this could happen but obviously you know we have to keep talking about it because these things sometimes roll out um you know just like when water birth was restricted that was banned until further investigation but the investigations proved that it had nothing to do with water okay. but they were never rolled back and so i feel that the concern is here that this is going to get rolled out and um and maybe down the road we do have more resources in the ambulance services, okay. but then this doesn't get rolled back. These stipulations don't get rolled back. Um, and that is the big concern here. OK, all right. Listen, Shelley, thank you for, for joining us on the programme. Um, Shelley there, O'Hanlon from the uh, Doula Association of Ireland. Coco, who's in touch with us earlier as well, sharing her experience. Michael too. Uh, David from um, Lifeline Ambulance. There's a lot of reaction actually to this here on the text line. I will come to that in just a, four, uh, in just a couple of moments' time. We are going to be talking as well actually about the impact of paid parking on local towns. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. 1800 453 106 if you want to join the conversation here this afternoon. Now, a little earlier we were talking about these recommendations from the Health Service Executive and they've suggested that pregnant women who live more than 30 minutes from a hospital should no longer have the option of a home birth. And some of the community midwives have said that this is going to have a huge impact on many women across rural parts of the country. But the HSE say it's for the safety of everybody involved. And I've been asking you 
to get in touch with your views on this uh, recommendation this afternoon. And Francis is with us on the line in Dublin because, Francis, I believe you used to be a midwife. Um, what do you think about the, uh, what's your view on these proposed recommendations? Hi, Andrea. Um, I just rang because um, I was listening to the conversation. Um, I was a, a midwife decades ago and I did the ICU course in Hollow Street as well for the the, the baby unit. Um, we saw transfers coming up from the wards regularly, obviously. Any, any babies that got into distress during birth were brought up and some of them in a very poor condition. It was really important that they had all the expertise of paediatricians there, that they had all the equipment there, all, you know, um, incubators, everything, uh, and that they could be intubated and put on life support if they needed it. Um, I think that the rights of women are very important and I totally understand women wanting to be able to have their babies at home. I would never tell them not to. But the big danger, and I think the community midwives are fantastic, but the big danger is the baby is an unknown quantity. You can tell with all the all the um, visits whether a mum is healthy or not, and you have a good idea that the baby is doing well. But babies get into distress during a delivery, and it can happen so quickly. And you will often need a surgical intervention. You will sometimes need to take it to a cesarean section. Um, and the baby needs to be transferred up to ICU quite often. So there are all those dangers for the baby, but there are also dangers for the mum. My sister had a really bad bleed after having a baby and was in terrible danger for about 48 hours. Um, she was lucky she was in hospital and could get to the hospital very quickly after she had the baby if she needed to. Um, and I just think their babies are so precious. The mums are so precious. If anything goes wrong, it can be a disaster. And I had all my babies in hospital. Um, and I know several people who have had really bad bleeds after having a baby. And it happens very suddenly. So it just will concern me. Okay. So you you think this HSE recommendation then, you know, from what you're saying, Francis, you, you agree with it? Well, when I listened to the ambulance man, I said, I have to ring up because I, I have heard several cases, several things on the radio about people waiting for ambulances for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and ambulances have to be prioritised. If there's somebody else in distress and in an equally difficult situation. I would just hate to think that mums and babies would be in danger. I think our ambulance service is appallingly um, poorly subvented or provided for. Um, But I think if you have a HSE that's not run by doctors or nurses who know how to prioritise things, I think you're going to always have trouble. Okay. Um, You know, so I, I just want to say it, particularly when I heard about how difficult it is to get an answer. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that was the point, you know, that that David from 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 um, Lifeline Ambulance was making, you know, in and around just the the resource issue 
Um, and as you said, Francis, like it, it's something that you regularly read about in the papers. You hear about stories on, on shows like this and people talking about, you know, if only the ambulance um, had got there quicker or resources available and, and all of that. And, and certainly from the text line, I can tell it's a, it's a consideration for a lot of people, for sure. Stay with us, Francis, because Ruth is joining us as well. Um, Ruth, what's your opinion on this recommendation? Hi, Andrea. Um, I... I fully, you know, respect a woman's right to have a home birth. I've had friends, mainly in the UK, who've had very successful home births with all their kids. But I do think there has to be some sort of limit which the HSE are are trying to bring in and some sort of, like, policing of it. I mean, you can't expect an ambulance to be outside your door, as that man was saying, and be taken away from someone else who's in an emergency situation. Our hospitals are there for a reason. And they're fully functioning and they're like, they're amazing. So why would you choose not to go down that route? Which is the safest option to go and have your baby in a hospital. Personally, I think I've got four kids. My eldest, I had two in London, two here in the Coombe. And my first, you know, I've had really healthy, normal pregnancies where it was textbook. And then my first was delivered. And after the delivery... I lost two and a half litres of blood, over half my blood, ended up in surgery for hours. And I just think if that was a home birth, you know, it was textbook, even the birth was fine. It was after where my wound didn't contract. There wouldn't, there wouldn't have been time for me to get to the hospital. So I just feel like there's so many variables with birth. Like it's so complex. And to just have that extra layer of risk, I just don't understand why... That should be put on the HSE's shoulders. Okay. I mean, yeah. if, sorry, I have my six-year-old here. No, you're okay. But if it's something that you really want, maybe the patient could, you know, fund it themselves. Okay, um, right. Because I don't think it should be, you know, I don't, I don't think it should be provided by the HSE outside of those restrictions okay. of the half-hour commute if you like. Janine from the Midwives Association um, is with us here as well Ruth. Janine like I get the sense from just chatting to like Coco got in touch earlier there's a huge number of texts coming in from people who all want to share their experience um, of home birthing in Ireland but I very much get the sense that women want the choice to make this decision themselves. Is that the case? Yes, and um, we have a really good uh, community midwives association here in Ireland. Um, you see, it, it all goes in. We're, we're talking here about risk and 30 minutes from, you know, the hospital. Uh, it shouldn't be more than 30 minutes. But we know that the, late, the latest, there's two published, two studies being published this year. Uh, one, um, and they both said the same thing, that our distance from the hospital when we talk about emergencies, so it's 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50, 50 minutes. It does not make any difference for perinatal uh, outcomes, okay? And they, they, they are the facts. We also have to look towards um, countries that actually have a really good home birth service. So you have somewhere like New Zealand um, and there, so when we talk about maternal death, because that's what the risk, this is what people are saying. We talk about maternal death. Their maternal death rate per 100,000 is 1.7. Ireland is Six. We're on par with the UK. The US is uh, twenty-five and a hundred thousand births, and both like so. When you when you look at this, okay, um, 
these midwives say in New Zealand are dealing with very, very rural areas. I know colleagues of mine that work in New Zealand now actually would talk about a helicopter or whatever mm. if they were going to but, a scheduled home yeah. birth. No, Isn't but that just, the... Can I just finish this? Because we have to understand, like what um, Chris Rose Sullivan said in the doll yesterday, his sister had four home births, okay? And again, that's he was saying then we have a very good community service uh, down in Cork Kerry area. We have very skilled community midwives facilitating home birth through the um, Cork University Maternity Unit. And yet now some of them clients who are more than 30 minutes away. And I know one of the midwives has said she lose 80 percent of who she would facilitated mm. for the last I don't know how that's running 16 years that service so then when the, the um, Minister Donnelly said yesterday in the doll that this was all the integration that happened and all that and that's not that's inaccurate because I spoke to community midwife this morning they've told me the oversight committee are for this um, for who are over the integration of the home birth service into uh, our HSE uh, hospital maternity hospital service um, they haven't even had a meeting since last June. So, and then okay. um, the other midwife mentioned again about um, that we want uh, the HSE midwives and doctors making these decisions. But in actual fact, it isn't midwives or doctors who made this decision. This was a geospatial um done by an investigative team in the HSE. So they didn't ask midwives what they thought. They didn't ask doctors. Okay. They've just come can, up with this mechanism. Yeah, just when you, when you talk about New Zealand and you, you sort of describe it, Janine, as kind of the gold standard, if you want to call it that, in, in this area. And yes, absolutely, there are many very, very rural parts um, for which if there is an emergency, you know, access would have to be sought. But do they have the same resource issue with ambulance that we seem to have? When, when we look, I know um, Shelley mentioned this earlier on in the programme, we're talking about emergency. First of all, we know this is a system that is working, okay? We have midwives who, when they are called out to the home birth and they think everything is going well, everything's established, their first thing is they just ring the ambulance service. They say, hey guys, look, we're out there in, you know, we're in Wicklow or we're in Bray, whatever, and we have a home birth ongoing, just to let you know. And that happens all the time, mm. okay? And the percentage then of actual emergencies, this is more conflation. In that report, it said the amount of uh, transfers where I can't remember the exact percentage, right? But it didn't break it down to what was actual emergencies. And I actually think it's 3.7 of what they're now, I could be wrong on that. The Community Midwife Association would know better. But I, it's a very, very low percentage that would be for something like an emergency. OK, but and to address to when we have a baby. So these midwives are not just they're actually under HSE. Um, I know they're self-employed, but they're paid by the HSE mm. to do this service. So they have to follow the same criteria as myself as a hospital midwife have to follow. You have to have your emergency obstetric drills. You redo them every year, two years. Your paediatric skills, you have to be updated on that. They carry these bags. You want to see their boot. They have everything in their boot uh, from, you know, just to initial resuscitation to steps and plus they are able to give fluids as well. Many of them are trained in venipuncture and all that kind of thing. So this isn't just, you know, some women out there who just want to have a home birth just for the sake of it and I don't really, you know, I'm not really worried about or haven't I, I haven't looked into it. They've done the research. 
Mm. You know, midwives or women, you know, and we've come a long way, you know, to where my mother had two home births with my two brothers and then I was born in hospital. So, but we've come a long way from there. And then somebody said about, you know, their hospital, their wife, for, um, and I'm glad that man's wife was fine and okay, but he said she was in hospital for three weeks. I had a cesarean on one of my births and I was in hospital for nine days. But today... If I had that baby, I'd be in for three. Okay. So we pro everything is progressing. Yeah. This is, okay. You know, and yeah. L- let Sorry, me just I'm no no you yeah no no and I, I I really appreciate that and I'm I'm delighted you got in touch, Janine, because it, it it certainly you know it provides for um I, I think just a well a fuller discussion when we hear plenty of different views um on this. Elaine has got in touch as well. Um, Elaine, did you have a home birth? Yeah, I did. I had um a home birth three years ago and my first birth was in a birth centre in the UK. And the the discussion today around this recommendation that would mean anybody beyond 30 minutes um, from a hospital, from a maternity hospital, that, you know, they should no longer have the option of that home birth. Like, what's your view on that? Well, if I was pregnant now, for example, I would straight away be out of that um, level of getting to hospital in 30 minutes. Even though we live in Wicklow and we're commutable to Dublin for work, we're not allowed to commute in like for the hospital distance. It just doesn't really make much sense because um, my preference would be home birth again. Um, and I know that obviously everyone has their own you know, personal circumstances. But for me as a low risk mom um, with two healthy pregnancies and um, normal kind of spontaneous vaginal birth, I would have absolutely wanted future home birth as an option. So you wouldn't qualify if this recommendation comes in then, Elaine? No, and I mean, the HSC were, and they have already been um, really, really specific about making you um, fit in a certain category or box to even be allowed the home birth in the first place. So those people around Ireland who have been choosing home birth have already, you know, went through those hoops or whatever, you know, they have already been... Um, really heavily marginalised down. Like I actually wasn't allowed to birth with the HSC for my home birth. I had to go for private midwives and it was nothing to do with my pregnancy circumstances. It was to do with my fertility history. Um, and just because of that, I was out of the box. So they, they're already quite stringent. So the people that are having HSC home birth are already super low risk, you know, and they're very well informed. So there is very much then, Janine, as well, like as Elaine says, there's a kind of a, uh, I don't want to use the word criteria, but there seems to be, there, there's, there is already a policy then around this. So it's, it's not so something that every the, woman can choose then. No, no. And we look at we, when, when, when the midwives, so, so even a midwife that's working out in that circumstance, she has to have worked in a hospital and in a labour ward for three years. OK, they can't. It's not just something that, you know, anybody can do. OK. And then the women who actually, you know, want the home birth. We have a very, very strict criteria. They have to be extremely low risk. And it's even as that's um, sorry, the other lady just said um, what, what let her have a home, uh, say, um, uh, birth in England. She couldn't have it in Ireland because our, our, we're so strict. So we have stricter guidelines than we do in most of our European countries. So the choice is uh, already fairly, yeah, the, the choice is already fairly restrictive then, Ginny. It's very limited. As she said, uh, it was a fertility issue that she had, you, you know, going, you know, in getting pregnant that affected whether she could have a home birth. You know, that wouldn't happen in the UK, you know. 
Um, yeah, so so what we would say that is that this criteria is very, very stringent mm. as it is. And now we're going to impose another sanction on it that hasn't been properly, I think, teased out. You know, okay, we need to discuss these things. We do have issues, of course, with our ambulance service at the moment, and they're absolutely brilliant, our colleagues in the ambulance service, of facilitating Mm. us. But we have to do this. You know, it goes back again to what we need midwives and bringing these midwives to the table. They will tell you the issues, what they need, what they don't need. And there's midwives on the oversight committee for the integration of that service into the our nineteen maternity hospitals. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you, I take a lane from you know your, your um, opinion on this today. You're obviously disappointed with the recommendation. Can I just ask um, Janine, just just very briefly and finally, if you don't mind, um, is this to do with litigation? <laughs> um, I. I can't really, I can't really say something like that, you know. Okay. Um, no, I just, it's, it's my gut. It. I just, yeah, I wonder. I, I know, I and there is. We do have, like, uh, when you look at our, um, the, what is the, I'm trying to think of the Assets Bureau, I can't think, but it's who would pay out on these things. The highest one, yes, is in obstetrics and uh, midwifery. Yeah, okay. No, I just look at, maybe maybe it's not a fair question, but it's certainly something that crossed my mind in in this uh, discussion today. Sarah's got in touch uh, as well, an email. We might come back in a few moments' time. Um, Why is the the poor ambulance service in the country a reason to take choice away from women, says this texter. Another listener is a paramedic. I think the marathon analogy that the texter sent in is pure um, is totally idiotic. You can't predict a heart attack as um, reliably as a birth. I've delivered three babies. If, if something goes simply wrong, it's the parents' decision. I, um, and I think they need some freedoms in society as well. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.